Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTE GA podcast. Mikey Stafford and Roy O'Neill with you to look back on the Allianz Football League final weekend. We've been joined by Mick Foley of the Sunday Times and by Kieran Whelan. Wheelow, how are you getting on? The dubs are back. Ah, uh, back. Division 2 title in the bag, I'm telling you. We're the joy on the faces, the joy. The Monday, the Monday club is only rounding up now. Maybe they'll be off by Wednesday, Mikey, you know. Uh, can I read out a, can I re- read out a quote? from Desi Farrell, which which really did make me chuckle this morning. I think for us, it was about the opportunity to play another really competitive game, because with all due respect to Division 2 and some of the teams, you know, you just don't know what you're getting. <laughs> when you're looking at what's happening in Division 1, it seems to be highly competitive, and that's always the risk when you find yourself in Division 2 like we did this year. He was being polite, he was being mannerly, but now that he's out of it, he's letting them all know what he really he thinks. He didn't, he didn't say that at the start of the league either, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. We're, out, we're leaving them behind us now. <laughs> we're out of this one-horse town. <laughs> Later, losers. <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's going to get some land when he goes into the Leinster Championship for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all milk and honey from here, Mick. And yeah. uh, that's all spare thought for the Mayo players who added a rare national title and got to celebrate with a bottle of club energize and took it in turns foam rolling <laughs> up and down the aisle of the bus on the way home to mayo um but uh kevin mcstace he seemed genuinely chuffed mick you know we had him on you were on with us enough times last year with kevin and we all were happy he got the job he looked he looked as genuinely pleased as someone can look winning an Allianz league title i think i think and not, um, being, and not, and not being able to celebrate it I'm not being able to celebrate it, yeah. Like, I mean, I think he made the point at the press conference afterwards, you know. <laughs> it felt like it was bursting out of him nearly to go on. He said he'd be leading the charge, like, if they could celebrate type thing, you know. But I think, actually, what, what Kevin McStay has done throughout the league, if you look at him after games and even in his handshakes with most managers and stuff like that, you know, he's, he's if whether he is or not, he, he's giving the impression of a man who, who wants to be seen to be enjoying it and that this isn't a burden. What we're doing here is not a burden. And we're winning matches and we're drawing games and we're getting to finals and we're in a league final a week before a championship match, but it's not a burden. It's you know what I mean? it, yeah. So I think there's a bit of there's a bit of conscious, conscious sort of um just projection here that you know Mayo have this kind of tortured notion of a tortured history. These are boom times for Mayo. We should be loving this. And yeah. you know, one big game after another. Wouldn't it be worse if we didn't have the big games one after another and off we go? At least that's the impression he's you know, he wants to give. We're going to enjoy every win, we're going to enjoy it out, we're going to take a step by step and see where we go. Yeah. Um, I think it was interesting, Mike, even though Aidan O'Shea, I think, touched on it in his post-match interview. You know, he said, we never set out to win the league. And I don't think it was ever their intention, I think, to win the league. I think from the start, it was the intention to get safe and get a performance and build momentum. But, like, they're full of confidence now. And, they're you know, you can't beat that. Um, And I think you're right, Mick, that... Kevin has been very honest as a manager, I think, since he's gone in there. Uh, he's very forthright and honest in his views. Now, it's great being honest and like Jorgen Klopp when you're winning. It's it's when it's when, when the defeats come, that's when the real test of, of metal comes. But like he they I'm sure deep down as a management team, they are are absolutely delighted because they've essentially really built a new team when you think about it. You know, a whole new full back line, you know, really yesterday. Um 
Callan and Dunga. New goalkeeper, Dunga. new back four. Yeah, new yeah. back four. Uh, Dave McBride has been very good. They put Connor Loftus in at six. You know, so they re- he's really rebuilt a team throughout the league and now has 15 probably and great competition for, for start. And I think Tommy Conroy has to start, in my view. I think he's going to break into the first 15. I think he will. I think he just adds, he gives them another dynamic up front. But um, like massive credit that they're, they've they've a brand new team full of confidence, full of momentum um, and, and winning a national title in Crow Park, a place that's been horrible for them in the past. Now, listen, they've been there from a league perspective before, but yeah, they're, listen, you can't, you can't beat momentum and confidence and I'm sure it's a good group to be around at the moment. Like, they're at the point now, if you think about the tail end of the James Horan era, not even the tail end, but say the second coming of Horan and the idea that he had, which was to develop this squad of, like, if they didn't have the superstars like Kerry may have or Dublin have, they were going to develop a squad of eight out of teners, you know, really a really good high high level quality across the board that create a competition. And Horn nearly got there, but McStay has kind of stepped on top of that now, and they have developed. I would say, I just they don't they probably don't have that star quality if you want to put it that way that Kerry Dublin have. But as a as squads go, they're they're probably I would say they're the best pound for pound in the country right now as a result of what's been done. David, they have achieved what Horan would have set out to do in his second stint, which was to redevelop the team to the level that they have twenty plus now. That whoever comes in, you're going, yeah, they'll be okay, they'll be all right, like you know. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder were they aided? Was he aided in that make by say Lee Keegan, who was probably their superstar for the last decade, Oshie Mullen? who was maybe seen as the next great hope and then, you know, kind of leaving, uh, Killian O'Connor being injured. So maybe the three guys outside of Aidan O'Shea, who perhaps is always happier to be a bit more of a workhorse, that they're gone and then it, it made it a bit more of an equitable well, society. Well, you know, and this isn't, this isn't being disrespectful to anybody, right? But I always, I always felt that, you know, the reaction to Lee Keegan's retirement was a little bit panicky, let's say. I thought Oshin Mullen was... Rory's still waiting one. for him to come back. Yeah, he may well do. Anything's yeah. possible after last yeah. weekend or the weekend before last. Grow you look at Kieran McFall falling, falling back in with Derry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you just don't know what's coming down the track. But, like, you know, for Lee Keegan leaving, the all-time great that he truly is, there was at least three young lads in that Mayo panel going, nice one. You know? Mm. I'm, it's, it's my chance now. I mean, you got to think of it. These are lads in their early 20s. They don't care, like. You know, they're not thinking about legacy or anybody else's legacy. They're only thinking about, I'm here and I want to get my game. and I'm good enough to play. I know there's one less guy here. I'm going to go for it. Oshin Mullen was probably the one that leapt out in terms of, you wouldn't want to have let, lost him, like, in an ideal world. But at the same time, as I said, they've been evolving this squad now for a while. And you mentioned Tommy Conroy starting there. I, would talk, I mean, last year I was looking at it going, there's going to be a point somewhere in time next year where you're going to have Tommy Conroy, Ryan O'Donoghue and Kenny O'Connor all in the one line. And getting, I'm feeling quite good about that from a Mayo perspective. But now you're looking at Killian and you're looking at James Carr and you're going, well, there's competition there. There's other lads as well that will come into the mix. And Aidan um, O'Shea has probably been player of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this was a long-held Kevin McStay theory that like Aidan O'Shea mm-hmm. needed to be inside. Now, if you look at some of the work he did yesterday, some of his work wasn't all done inside. Like, mm-hmm. So he still... Yeah, he did drift out, yeah. He did, yeah, and he did good yeah. work. But, but again, in the heat of championship when it comes to it, There'll be specific jobs for Aidan O'Shea to do, and he's proven now that he can. He's in a good space. You could see him at the end, kind of, you know, gritting the teeth. And I don't know if he banged the ground or he fist pump, but either way, anyway, he was happy to win a league title. 
and the vibe, the mood is good, the vibe is good. As I say, I think the squad is the strongest in the country. Uh, they may not have the sprinkling of star power that some of the other teams have, but they certainly have all the tools to to go a long way. You now, Killian O'Connor is an interesting one, I think, Kieran, because if for nothing else, he gives you a lot of security on freeze that. Ryan O'Donnell, who's been very, very good, but he might miss the odd one, whereas Killian O'Connor, as we all know, is the top scorer in championship history because he basically doesn't miss freeze, except maybe the odd one in the very, very closing stages of an All-Ireland final, but we won't go into that. Yeah, but I suppose that they'll probably stick with Ryan O'Donnell, I think, uh, to be fair. I don't, I'm not too sure. For his confidence, as much as anything? Yeah, I think so, but I don't think Killian O'Connor is going to be a starter, you know. Mm-hmm. I can see Conroy pushing to come back in, you know, James Carr has, I think he scored something like 278 from playing the league. He's been brilliant as well. Um, so I, I, I can see Killian O'Connor being someone coming in in 15, 20 minutes when you need that bit of cuteness, you need that bit of smartness that he has and and and, and bringing that bit of leadership to the forward line. So I think that they'll, they'll, they'll stick with Ryan O'Donoghue. I think if you were to be, if you were to be critical of Mayo yesterday, you know, that maybe, you know, the first 16 minutes, you know, they went 6-1 up and, and were excellent. They, Galway were, Galway, unlike Galway really, turning over the goal. Galway, they, a lot of turnovers in that first 16 minutes and they're usually smarter in possession, Galway. They don't usually carry the ball into the tackle and Mayo hurt them, allowed them to execute that kicking game. And when Mayo, that's one, I think the one thing for me, Mayo during the league is they move the ball extremely quick, whether it's by hand, whether it's by foot, whether it's 20 yards, 30 yards, they move it extremely quick. And they got at Galway in that first 16 minutes. Now, after that 16 minutes, and probably the injury, maybe that was the break and play that nearly kind of maybe, I don't know, it took away some of their momentum. Um, you know, Galway fairly much shut them down. And while they show great character in the second half to hang in there, you know, they will come away and they'll think, yeah, we I think ten place balls, nine frees, you know, and some of the frees were yeah. soft enough, mm. a little bit questionable. So that when when they look back at the game in the cold light of day, while they showed brilliant character to get over the line and they stayed ahead and they finished strong, and there was loads of positives for Mayo to take, they will look at the goal chances Galway missed, where where the Galway at their full, you know, their forward line didn't really perform. Um so there'll be aspects of the game that they'll like. I I came away from the game thinking, yeah, Mayo probably deserved it on the day. But if these two teams were playing again next week, you know, it's it's a it's a flip of a coin. So Galway are are not far behind them at all. Or or if these two teams were playing in two weeks, three weeks, three weeks. <laughs> Rory, uh, he was probably rightly man of the match. Colin Reap, there was four mm. saves. Two of them were really really top notch. And he scored three points. I just totted it up. There were 11 points from goalkeepers across the weekend in Croke incredible, Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, Reap added three of those. So it, it was a fantastic performance from him. He's he's definitely, that's his jersey now anyway. There's no doubt about that. No, but, uh, absolutely. And he was um, justifiably man of the match. Now, you could argue the toss and whether or not he may should have been seen, on the pitch. Should, should have, like... I don't know. I think it's a it's a really difficult one for a referee in that scenario. Like he was committed to it. Do you have a duty of care to your opponent in that situation? To a certain extent, maybe you do. And in that context, I was kind of. Do you remember? Um, for the older listeners and viewers, do you remember Michael Schumacher? Or not? Not Michael Schumacher. Tony Schumacher. Schumacher. Tony Schumacher in the eighty. Oh. Who uh, were Rory, that was reckless. 
<laughs> this was this was I know, I know, I know it was quite good. You know, but like I I think the big the big thing from um from a Galway perspective was it definitely shook Johnny Heaney and given him important. I think that was one of the big takeaways across the weekend mm-hmm. for me was the body count. I mean, if you look, I think Connor Glass tweaking a hamstring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dean, Dean Rock going off with a potential ankle injury. They had the boot off and the sock off really, really quickly, and he limped off. An important player for Dublin because free taking, as we know, is so key now. And Khan had to go on to them afterwards, and he wouldn't necessarily be a free taker. Uh, would he, Wilo? Con, Con O'Callaghan wouldn't be his oh. forte. So you you had, uh, you know, and then obviously Johnny Heaney, Mayo, look, look, luckily enough, not to have picked up any. Um, but I thought both goal to go back to the point. Sorry, Mikey. Both goalkeepers I thought played really well. Mm-hmm. In fairness to Connor Gleeson, a guy that might have shipped to quite a bit of criticism, I thought he was good under dropping ball. His kickouts were good, and how brave was he for that shot that smacked him straight into the face? I mean, and knocked his hat off. Yeah, it was that was a ferocious belt of a football. I mean, it was. I thought both goalkeepers were top class, but Reap was. Definitely the star man. But loads of positives for both teams to take. Mm. And I was just reading him in Fitzmaurice this morning, and he makes a the, the not unreasonable point about familiarity breeding contempt. That would be the big worry with these two now. They start meeting each other a lot more regularly. He said it reminds him of the Cork Kerry Naughties relationship where, you know, it started off with mutual respect and it then degenerated quite quickly after that. And mutual that, disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and lots of it. So the next time these two meet, don't be surprised if uh, in case of emergency, break glass and Mr. Goff is sent out to uh, to adjudicate proceedings. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, on, on Galway then, Wheelow, like, they're off to Portugal now for a training camp and they know there's a good chance in three weeks we're going to be playing this team again or they'll be playing Roscommon. Either way, Porrick Joyce has to be pretty satisfied that he's seen Mayo's championship. Like People talk about their hand like, not going to change the way they play, but he's seen Mayo at full tilt now, pretty much. Probably the 15 that Kevin McStay will hope to play against him in three weeks' time if they beat Roscommon. Um, he has three weeks to toy around here. And we had Shane McGrath on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, just explaining exactly how much work can be done at a warm weather training camp, like just the sheer volume of both phys- physical work, pitch work, you know, tactical work, just like bonding. So Galway, will they fit in a challenge game before they play Gal- before they play the winners of, of Mayo and Roscommon? And just Galway have room to evolve. Obviously, got- Mayo will get better yeah, with wins, I, but I like Galway are going to get better, aren't they? It, it, listen, it's one of the massive flaws that will come out, you know, the end of the year um, in terms of, and I think it's beginning to, you see the likes of Andy Moran talking about the last, last week and, and the pressure that's been put on players mentally and physically week in, week out. Um and, and the compact season and, and the championship on top. Like you look, Kerry and I think Dublin possibly and Galway all heading away for a week's preparation while the guys in Ulster have to not shit out of each other over the next few weeks. Galway, you know, um Mayo's player has coming next week. Other teams are battling to try to get into the into the Sam Maguire. So there's there is there is a, an imbalance there, there's no doubt about it. But I think Galway, and as I said, you know, they look back on yesterday and they'll they'll reflect up front and think. 
you know, th there's certainly improvements that they can make. There was, there was, you know, that first 60 minutes, they were hugely disappointed with carrying the ball into the tackle. They've, they've, they've key players still to come back. Comer will get fitter. Um, they didn't really use him yesterday. They didn't kick much ball into him. He got that one chance when he got in. You saw how dangerous he can be. They're killing McDay to come back into the middle. You know, they have found a bit of depth throughout the league. Um, and, you know, if, if you be critical of them yesterday, maybe they, given Mayo, giving up the kick out to Mayo was probably, I, I would have thought when they were behind and chasing the game that they might have seen, seen them in the past push up a little bit more and try and squeeze them. They never really done that. And by handing met the bot the hand of possession to Mayo after after kick out, it allowed Mayo build and, and get up the field and get those scores. So they there'll there'll be aspects of the game they want to improve. But I I I I Mikey I see Galway as as all earning contenders. I really do. Uh I've said that kind of the last few weeks as much as Mayo are building and there is something special building. These two teams, with the best two teams, form teams in the country in the league final yesterday, I haven't changed that view. And they're probably in the ideal situation now. They have three weeks, they have a week to kind of come down. They'll get plenty of video analysis done. They'll get a bit of work done away. Probably come home and have a, either a game next weekend or a Series A versus B game. And, and then they'd be building for uh, uh, for, for that next round. And, you know, you, we, you also got to remember, going into yesterday's game, Galway had a tough enough game against Kerry previous week where Mayo had made 10 changes you know so just little little things mm -hmm. uh, little things that can make a difference so uh, God would be in good shape three weeks time yeah make that's that's the thing like I got I, like a lot of neutrals I'm romantically would love to see Mayo get their All-Ireland get the monkey off their back but like there's no like I don't think I don't think the hype's getting silly, but you do hear little things, you know, like, and obviously it's a title and that's, that's great. We have a title and, you know, we build on this, the next title we want is, you know, and all roads lead to Sam, etc. But like, it is, this is like, this is just one outing with two teams who are, as we love very plainly sets out, kind of still uh, unkind, slightly different cycles. Galway were the team who were in all Ireland final last year. I didn't see a whole lot yesterday that made me think that Mayo have, overturned this hugely and that the championship meeting between them would be like Mayo would be raging favourites rent and this Galway team are still very good despite yesterday's defeat. No question about it. I mean, you know, it's in the history of Gaelic football, it's a very boring thing to say, but Galway Mayo is the most inscrutable rivalry of them all. Uh, it tends to go back and forth, you know, bar the odd big long stretch here and there, but not too many of those either. But like, you know, it's back in that kind of pendulum bit at the minute. I mean, you know, starting out the season, I was looking at it like the, the first game in the league between Galway and Mayo. It struck me that whenever Galway and Mayo played this year, it's going to be enormously relevant for the rest of the championship and the rest of the season. So first game in the league was Galway and Mayo. That was very relevant for the whole league. It was very relevant for Kevin McStay and obviously Galway wanting to make sure. Like, well, I mean... Mayo's Mayo's targets now, like when you think about it, okay, we're talking about them as, and they are all Ireland contenders, I think, but it, their immediate target is to make sure they stay ahead of Galway, because if they stay ahead of Galway, they're definitely all Ireland contenders, right? So, win your first league match, okay, league final comes up, that's you don't expect that you you take that on, but I think if they do meet in Connacht, that's enormous for the entire rest of the championship, and I would expect. Oh, if if you followed the farm lines, I would expect that Galway and Mayo would be the last four. So, you know, 
they're going to have an enormous say, I would say, in it. And Galway, I mean, coming into the coming into the league, you know, the natural kind of thing was well, looking at their squad last year, the All Ireland final depth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they've they've dug it out, like they've dug the bit of depth now in there. Um, so they're good to go. And you mentioned there just the attrition rate you're going to have. Who knows what Mayor are going to look like after a weekend in Rosco against Roscommon? You know, I mean, that's going to be ferocious. Uh, and Mayo Galway will be ferocious as well. Um, so again, you just don't know how teams are going to look in a couple of more weeks' time, three weeks' time. Is New York um, are going to have a handy win in the Connacht final against whoever they play then, aren't they? <laughs> well, like, like Kieran's point about, about, about Galway going away and coming back fresh, it does go on those swings and roundabouts in a tight season like this. Mayo have a rest, they're a little bit maybe, that gives a little advantage. Galway, I think, will definitely have the advantage in the championship game. Um, just looking at it from here at the moment, we don't know how obviously whether it's as Mayo or as common, but you would feel that Galway will be in a bit better shape because the work they have to do is not, it's not deep stuff. Like it's just tweaking and it's getting fellas up to a speed and getting a bit more precision into their play here and there. And even that in itself would be an evolving team. There's a long old season ahead yet for them. Like, you know, short but long. The other thing there, Mick, that like, when you look at the context of the new season, can a team really go for everything? You know, yeah. can you go yeah. for everything? You've got to remember now when you come out of your provincial championships, you have six, seven games to win in All-Ireland. What's Mayo's goal at the end of the year is to win in All-Ireland or be there and be contending in the last three or four? Like, I think we're putting a little bit too much weight on the provincial championships and yeah. I think next week is the beginning and the end for them because if you take Mayo playing Galway, if they do, if they get over Roscommon or, or even if they don't, a loss in the provincial championship you know, while the it might be disappointed with the performance, it might just suit some teams. Mayo could get that if they were if they were to lose, you get that few week window to build for the group system again. Okay, you lose your seeding. There's a downside to it. I don't know whether every teams can go for everything given the 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 season. I, I, you're going to pick up a bit of attrition, so a little bit of a breather for teams to regroup won't be the end of the world. Won't be the end of the world. And we, I think when we get to the end of the season, there'll be a lot of reflection done in terms of. The flow of the season and how it suited certain teams, you know. Yeah, I, well, think I think, like, sorry, Rory, just to, just on that point, like I think the GA know exactly what they're doing here, and they have known for quite some number of years. In terms of this is the beginning of the gradual pulling of the rug from underneath the provincial championships feet. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, the it's only now, you know. I, it's, I, it's not, I, I, do you honestly think that that'll happen quickly, though, Mick? I mean, like, look, I think there's it's a very fair point that 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 this will, the provincial championships will be the, the collateral damage that everyone wants in a condensed calendar. Except Ulster. If, but if you look, if you look oh, at the go hit, to. I just, yeah. I but just, if that'll go to. I know it'll go, but they don't want it to go, is what I'm saying. It, of course well, it'll go. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I don't know about that. Changing. I think it, but, 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 it, but if you look at the history of change within the GA, and I wouldn't necessarily subscribe to the notion that change happens too slowly. I think sometimes the GA can be quite radical when it wants to be and move very fast. Well, it, it happens quick in the end, Rory, as we always say. Yeah, yeah. But 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 the on, the only thing for me is if you take, for instance, let's say look at you know major fundamental change, the qualifiers. They came in, right? That's grand. No, that's the qualifiers. They stayed for 20 years, even though they might have been, you know, past their fit for purpose sell-by date after 10, 12 of those and went on for maybe another seven or eight. Like the black card, that came in. Oh, that's fine now. That's grand. We'll just leave it at that. I don't know if, are we, 
we all have our views about the provincial yeah. championships and that they will eventually go. But I'm not so sure if they'll go. They mightn't go, the but they might be moved to a different part of the no. the year. They might be sidelined. What will happen? What I what I would envisage, like I, you're like, you know, I suppose when we say when I say the pulling of the rug, I'm not talking about next year or 2025. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. It's, it's down track, but. What what you'll find is people like teams and managers and players are still trying to figure out this season yeah. in terms of when do we have to be up? When can we, you know, mm. do the load building, blah, blah, all that, right? So that'll figure that when that figures itself out, the upshot will be exactly what Kieran said. You can't go for everything, especially as an elite team. The one thing that'll keep it go, possibly keep it going this year, is that you have Galway, Roscommon, and Mayo on the one side of Connacht. Like Mayo won't want to lose to Roscommon. They really won't. And mm. No, neither of them will want to lose to Galway, so that'll add its own thing. But Here's, absolutely, can I can I ask you this though? So as can I ask you all this, right? If and I I I'd have a small like you you you're a famous, you've always famously said Mick, which I think is a great one. In you know, on one of these years when it's a really open championship and anyone could win it, who usually wins it, Mick? Oh, Kerry. Terry. <laughs> right. If in doubt, lads, right. it's a design yeah, for life. Yeah, 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 it's a design yeah, yeah, yeah. for life. If you take yeah, nothing right. else away from today, yeah, yeah. in general, yeah. if in doubt, Terry. Terry, right? Now, if we end up in a situation which I think is eminently possible, and I know we're you know trying to predict the future, but if we end up in a situation where Kerry and Dublin end up in the All Ireland final by virtue of a nice, handy, cushy provincial run, maybe that could be a Something yeah, that could act as a potential catalyst because I'd say obviously the lads in Connacht and Ulster then will start kicking over cans in a big way. Yeah, but Rory, even if you got Mike, you go back to that Ulster point and saying, yeah, Ulster reluctantly don't want, probably don't want to change. And in fairness, the Ulster Championship deserves a lot of credit and what it brings to the table and has done. But I think if you look apart from the 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 couple of years with the Super Eights, traditionally, like the Ulster Championship, it was a the team that came out came out with great momentum right after a few two or three tough games and they came to Cup Park quarterfinal and semi-final and, and it was of huge benefit to them and stood to teams, you know, mm. from um, when they started to win all Ireland in the 90s. But now you come out as Ulster champions after three tough matches in three weeks or four weeks, whatever that count yeah, four weeks. And you possibly have six or seven matches to win in all Ireland. Like it's the the, the the goalposts have moved radically. So I think eventually you're going to get to the point where teams will be kind of saying, well, I, I think it will eventually fall away because teams won't invest maybe the same enthusiasm and effort into it maybe as they have. And that will take maybe a couple of years, but we'll learn a lot from this year, you know. But I, th I think there will, the, the, the groundwork will begin to move and also a small bit in my view. Well, like Kieran McKeever, Kieran McKeever, the Amass selector, was it last week? I think it was last week. He was saying like that, you know, now I'd put a health, I, I would personally put a health warning on this, but he was saying, you know, that even for Armagh, you know, Ulster wouldn't be a, wouldn't necessarily be a priority. I don't want to, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't want to put words in his mouth and I know they're probably sensitive about this, but it was something along the lines of, you know, yeah. it, it's not to be on end all if we don't win Ulster. Now, I would say if I was Kieran McKeever, I'd be saying that as well, given Armagh's recent record in the Ulster Championship <laughs> and the fact that they're on the handy side of the draw. I'd be excited. And, and how, how good Kevin looked on Saturday evening. Oh, for, listen, for Kevin, been, long before last Saturday, Kevin had been sitting there waiting for Armagh. If Armagh get past Antrim, presumably they will next weekend. But like, next and, and Armagh actually are, are a team in Ulster that could do with an Ulster title. But they're the ones that, they're the first ones I've seen that have come out and kind of gone, 
Nah, maybe mm. not for us, you know. But I, I, again, but I, I totally agree with Karen. Like the teams in Ulster that have serious designs in All Ireland, we'll be looking at that and going, yeah, we'll see how we go, kind of thing, <laughs> you know. And we're not going to get too high up or low down. If we're Derry and we lose to I know Tyrone, we're not going to get too high up or low down about it, and vice versa. We're going to, mm. because we have other games and more fish to fry. Okay, you've mentioned Derry, so we'll move on to Division Two final. Um, I like the fact that we're all just you know talking about championship. I think that's that's a natural way to react to league finals. The league finals. Um, <laughs> make, but, make, you you haven't changed your tune on league finals anyway. Make that for no, sure. Waste waste of time. <laughs> he's, he's in the Niall McCoy camp. Um. So look, Dublin four six, Derry eleven points. We straight away. I'm. I don't mean to nitpick, but when was the last time Dublin scored six points in a competitive match in Croke Park? That was. It's a slightly odd scoreline, if nothing else. Isn't probably, it? probably back when I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think. I think we played Cork, the two boys in the league final in 1999. Oh, was probably, oh I was there. I was probably there. Probably only yeah. scored about six points. <laughs> that was. That was nine eight. I think nine eight. Pouring oh, yeah. rain below the park. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, I think. Listen, like yesterday's game was, from a Dublin perspective, there were positives and there were negatives. Uh, I think Desi Farrell maybe summed it up as the whole league campaign out of six and a half out of ten or something. And yeah, probably sums up maybe where Dublin are we're at. Um, you know, certainly the positives were, you know, some some of their counter attack and play was excellent. Yes, they opened Derry up, but they can't counter very very fast. Um. They got brought O'Callaghan into the second game, into the game in the second half. He showed what he can do. He has that ability to get in behind defenses. He has that ability to to create goal chances. I thought when the game opened up and Derry had to push out a small bit, it suited Dublin, and we saw the best of Dublin. But you would still be worried in that last third that I think they kicked eleven wides, a lot of basic errors, and some of the shot options that there's that. And this is kind of a little bit consistent problem. Um, and and I suppose people talk about the defensive break Dublin breaking down the defensive structure and they're so uh, at tune with it. I don't think they're at tune with it, you know, because the t- the, the personnel has changed a good bit. Uh, I think they've kind of struggled sometimes uh, when when they are up against that defensive and and they're taking poor options. So I think overall, you know, the the fact they created so many goal chances, there was aspects of their play that were positive. Um, but when you do look at the four goals, even. You know, if you look at them coldly, the first one was Fenton going for a point. Uh, that and a square ball. Menton break, ran a square ball. The second one was a penalty, probably was a hand on the back. The third one was Conor Callan class. And the fourth one, I think, Lachlan Hotel was going for a point as well. Um, but they, it was probably the other goal chances that they created were better ones. Um, so, yeah, like plenty to build on, plenty of improvement from a Dublin perspective. But, you know, I wouldn't get... No Chrissy McCaig, no, no Chrissy McCaig, no, no Michael going off injured. Now, from a Derry perspective, I think it leaves question marks because Derry looked distinctly average at times yesterday. And again, you got to look at they invested like a lot of energy into the league. And you know, I know Rory Gallagher was a bit blasé about it afterwards, saying oh, it was a game that didn't really matter any matter much, but. That was Rory Gallagher who played Ethan Doherty and Conor Blass against Limerick a week after the other in club final. <laughs> yeah, of course he wants exactly. to win that game. Yeah. I mean, of course yeah. he wants to win that Is there game. a danger of a Croke Park <laughs> complex developing? Well, no, like, but it, it is worrying. Like, it is worrying because from a Derry perspective. Because, they do look you know, They look more penetrable when they play in Croke Park, obviously, yeah, as all teams do. Like, has, that, has the game plan reached the glass ceiling? Like, who knows? But definitely when the game opens up, they... 
they kind of looked distinct the average and okay they were missing players and but up front it's still McGuigan Cassidy Dublin tie down Ethan Darty yesterday you know you still wonder up front are they are they still a little bit over aligned that they don't have maybe the quality forwards that they need to play the type of game they're playing and I, I think that's where their shortfall is going to come Mick we'll get back to Derry in a minute so so Dublin scores six points Four goals. I think Wheeler selling John Small's goals a little bit short there. I thought that was a great goal. That was the best goal, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Lorcan O'Dell's <laughs> drop shoulder and all like it was a lovely goal. Um so Dublin, six six and a half out of ten, says Desi. Most of us not disagreeing with them, you know, kind of a funny old match against Derry. And yet they're probably I don't know what the betting is. I don't look at these things. What are they in top two or top three in the betting for yeah. the All Ireland? Couldn't tell you. Don't yeah. know. I bet they are though, uh, ironically. No pun intended. But like you know, I, we we still don't know what the story is with Jack McCaffrey. He's a mystery, and it will remain a mystery because that's how Dublin like things to be. But like, you know, clearly they're better than they were last year, are they? Yeah, it's. Uh, I was just listening to Kieran there. It's not that I don't agree with a lot of what he said, but I'm just trying to think. What's the Dublin version of Yera? Is it Axe? Ah, yes. 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 So, I don't know. I don't know. Is it a bit early? <laughs> I thought I would agree with a lot of what he's a lot of what he's I thought that they are they any better? Maybe. Yeah, they probably are. I mean, look at who they brought back. They yeah. are better. I think Con Con makes them. Con O'Callaghan makes Con is the one. Them, right? Different you, team. You've got you've got to alter like Mannion, Mannion back. Yeah. Howard back, McCaffrey back. Yeah. They, they are game changers, and that's what gives you that hope. But I don't think Killian O'Gara seems really to be a find. Yeah. You know, Lee Gannon's like developing more and more. Like, you know, the the young players who we were a little dismissive of last year are perhaps grown into themselves a bit. Mm, I think oh yeah. Sorry, Mick. I was actually I was there yesterday. I had a like a, a great view for a, on both ends from a Dublin perspective and I think the cooler influence was massive for them I thought Michael Fitzsimons was outstanding like I mean what age is that guy is he 34 maybe he's certainly like I mean he's there since 2011 like I think mm. going all the ways back and and for a chap that I think at times may have even lost his place or certainly wasn't first choice through the kind of peak years of the Jim Gavineer and he stepped away for a year didn't he or maybe maybe, maybe yeah that, yeah like I mean he I think he's got medical studies and then he they, he's 33 he'll 30 be 34 uh in six days 9th of April happy yes, birthday like I, I just thought he was absolutely outstanding and then Conor Callahan like just the view I had that was about 20 yards away from him he's something else lads I just his ability his elusive ability, like he, once he gets the ball into his hands, it's it's you just don't know where he's gonna go. He's got he can turn so quickly, like oh, like I, but it's just getting the ball into him. You've got to get the yeah. ball into him as I, as and if you get the ball into him, trouble trouble now. I mean, I know he did. Did he score? I don't think he don't no, think he, he got score. a score he didn't himself. Score, no. But how much was he involved in, and how dangerous is he? And how, now I know Chrissy McCaig wasn't playing and. Arguably, Chrissy picks him up, or does he? I don't know. Maybe well, he does. Yeah, Conor McCluskey did well in them in the first half. It was the second okay. half, really, when Derry kind of fell apart. Conor yeah. Glass went off, and they didn't have. That's that a cover. theme for Derry, though, isn't it? All right, look, there's two. There's two things here. Like there's, there's, there's provincial football and there's Crow Park football. And the one thing, uh, they remind me a little bit of Donegal in 2011, that they've hit a point where, you know, if if Derry were to win a second Ulster title in a row. They could say, oh, we've got that sort of box ticked now in terms of our development. Uh, the next thing now is to crow power football. And I mean, the one thing 
you know, I mean, I don't, you know, there's no wrong way to play Gaelic football, right? I'm not, I don't particularly enjoy watching the way Derry play when they get bogged down, right? It's it's hard watching. And Dublin the same, it's hard. But the one thing that always strikes me, you know, when it comes to All-Ireland, the end of All-Ireland, forwards still win it. And having that speed and directness and accuracy, that's what still wins All-Irelands and wins those big games at the tail end of the year. Which is why something like Killian O'Gara, I think, imagine like Killian O'Gara with a couple of months, with another month in him. A bit of a wild card, alo- all right. Alongside yeah. Conor Callaghan, it gives Dublin something that they haven't had in a while, which is a lateral kind of direct option that they can use on the break rather than having to go back and forth and back and forth and prize the whole thing out and get the perfect shot in front of the D. They can, they, it just gives them another option. And in the same way, Derry are looking for things like that now. Like, so I don't think Derry have the squad that the other the ones above them would have, which is an issue. I think they will in time. I think they've got a couple of players who might be there now who are coming through as young lads. They have a terrific underage kind of um, well of talent there as well if they can develop them along. So it's an ongoing thing for Derry. They're not quite at that that Croke Park football level yet. Yes, they will have been a huge learner for them. I don't care what anyone says. They're two weeks away from the Ulster Championship and they got torn apart the minute one of their key players went off. That I, I can totally understand why Rory would be kind of, Ari, you know, look at we were missing A, B and C and, and they were missing A, B and C. But guys have to respond and they have to react in chaos. Like That's the big thing at the tail end of the year as well is reacting in chaos because that's what the big matches are a lot of the time come semi-finals and finals, chaos. So if you're so stuck to your structure, you have to learn the the confidence and the self-belief and the seasoning to wear yourself through matches and figure out what's going on. That's very and interesting. Then, you, say, make, you say you, That's very interesting you say that, though. Like, you stuck to your structure. And when you're in there, it's one of the things <coughs> you do notice. So out of possession, like, I mean, look, the game hasn't changed in 150 years. You know, there's obviously two ways of playing, with the ball and without. But out of possession... When the like when they're defending, obviously they put everybody inside their own forty-five, and they're effectively defending with fifteen, and then they attack with fifteen. But something that I noticed was when they went on the attack, obviously they're pushing bodies into the opponent's half of the field. But some of the forwards that drift into that full forward line that sort of hug the square, they literally jog in, but they have their backs to the ball. Now the ball at some at certain points is up to the fart, like you're in, it's in the opponent's half of the field. Like it was in the Dublin half of the field. Rogers was on the ball inside and there was still Derry lads sort of trotting in with their backs to the ball. It's just, I don't know. It was just very formulaic. And yeah. there's a kind of a straitjacket approach to it. And I'm going, there's no way that's going to win all Ireland's like, there's just no way. It's just a lack of, it's just, yeah, it's that, again, I go back to that Stardust thing. It's just a lack of having a con that you can just yeah. drive the ball and he'll do something with it or he'll create something, you know? Mm. I mean, I think, and I'm not going to pretend that I've been pouring over Derry videos to say this is what they do precisely, but my sense of watching them is they like to play loads of, fo- they like to get loads of men up the field close to goal, but mm. it's not because they're trying to score goals, it's because yeah. they're trying to create, a, it's numbers, they're trying to like... create a block of space about 40 yards from the goal where they can shoot from, 30 yards from the goal where they can shoot from. That's fine, but they it just needs to evolve. And I'm not sure they have quite got the competition in the team yet and the options to, to get it there. They'll be far better in another month, like, don't get me wrong. They'll be far better. And it's unlikely that they're going, they could have conceded eight goals yesterday. Yeah. It was unbelievable. But yeah. the same way Kieran, Kieran made the point there a little bit, it's still weird to watch Dublin missing so many chances. 
the ones that they would have just tapped over a few years ago. And I know it's not fair to compare teams, but it's still a bit of a head wrecker when they create these chances and you see it looks like a relatively handy one going wide. And they're the ones that they're that Dublin would have built leads on and built yeah. handy wins on back the years. Mm. Um the the injury to Connor Glass is interesting. Obviously it's bad news for Derry, but it also does it was mentioned it was going around last night that they might be bringing Kieran McFall back in. It'll be interesting to get Rory Gallagher's take on this because obviously his his return home was delayed by a court case in Boston. He had faced charges of assault and battery and assault and battery with a dangerous weapon causing serious bodily harm relating to an incident outside a pub on 20th of June. Um, he wasn't found innocent. Um, obviously, US law is a little different going by a report in the Irish News. At a hearing of the South Boston Division of Boston Municipal Court on Wednesday, the case ended with a continued without a finding result. This is a form of dismissal which in Massachusetts law occurs when a defendant acknowledges they committed an offence, but they are not found guilty. Now, from reading the reports on this, Willow, it was not a pleasant incident. He left someone with some serious internal injuries. He's clearly a tremendous footballer, but he can't come back in and, you know, the question not be put to Rory Gallagher that he's comfortable. Like, what's your view on this? It's it's quite an unusual situation. It's not something we see very often. I think, Mikey, it's a tricky one because you don't know the circumstances of, of, of the incident. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, something happened, you know, involving some sort of uh, scrape over there. Listen, I'd say I'd say the chap is just probably delighted to be home, to be honest, uh, and, and and delighted that it's put behind him. And I think, you know, Rory Gallagher will have to deal with that. Uh, but he probably sees him from a footballing perspective. And 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 we saw how effective he was in the club championship when he was last here and with Derry, and he will be a huge added bonus to them. So listen, from his perspective, he's just got to put that behind him and 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 and, and move on. You know, I'm sure listen, it's an instant that he's he's gonna regret. He's home now, and 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 Rory Gallagher is just going to have to uh, take that on board. He he's he's going to have to really deal with that one because we said we don't really know the circumstances mm. exactly what happened. Do you, know, do you know what? Do you know what's interesting about it though is given Mix piece yesterday, which is a really interesting, really good piece in the in the paper yesterday. Mick on Cluxton is given the sort of circus that accompanied Cluxton's reintegration into the Dublin team. This 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 won't be met with anywhere near the same of. You know, oh, is it good for the panel or is it bad for the panel? And he hasn't put in all the hard yards and all of that type of stuff. And it, he'll just, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it, 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 I suppose it, it's more the profile of the Dublin team and everything that goes right. with that is just. Yeah. yeah well, Do you I think, think of the, any precedent here, Mick? Any precedent in terms of, of McFall, kind of McFall. somebody coming back in after a court case like this or uh, mid-season as well? Off the top of my head, and at the risk of libeling anybody, no, I can't. Um, you won't libel anyone, though. Well, I, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, I can't think of anybody. Well, I could if I mentioned somebody who didn't wasn't coming off the back of a court case, but um, I, I can't think of. I just can't think of a relevant. Mm. I think just in relation to Kieran um, McFall, like he wasn't on the panel last year. Uh, he didn't have him mm. on the panel, um, and when the question might have been asked, why wasn't he there? It was well, has he quite bought into the the dairy ethic as Rory has laid it out? So. I mean, putting aside the circumstances of his return, I'm sure Rory's response to that will be, look, that's an ongoing personal matter for him. And, you know, he'll take care of that in his own good time. And if he wants to come and play football, he can come and play football. No more than he can go and play golf in his spare time when he's at home or whatever he wants to mm. do. But uh, in terms of him going into the dairy squad, I would imagine that going in, in the way things are, that Rory may well have him kind of where he wants him now, you know, in terms of, 
this is this is the job I need you for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, this is how it's going to be. My, I wouldn't say I don't want to say my way or the highway, but that basically, this is how it is now. And and he might, and he's a very, I mean, if he's, if he, if if mentally he can get into the right place and everything is okay, uh, he's a very good footballer. And I talk about variety, like he brings something to, he could potentially bring something to Derry that could be very useful to them during the summer. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, watch, wait and see. Um, so Division Three final, uh, all Ulster affair, Cavan Fermanagh. So after the phony war last year, or sorry, last week, where Fermanagh gained their promotion, Cavan won this. And Rory, I was I was texting you, Jordan, because I, I, I threatened for a little while to bring my three small children to Crow Park until I looked at the weather. So I was uh, <laughs> watching them at home. This Absolutely. this was pretty dour, I'd say, until the last quarter when kind of. Cavan opened up a bit and maybe for Mana retiring or like the conditions were awful. But when Cavan had to kind of put the foot down, they put the foot down and they, you know, they looked very, very tidy. They're a good side. They have a very, very good spine to the team. Faulkner, McFeedy. You have to bear in mind as well. I mean, arguably, they're one of their best players decided to go to Australia in uh, Tom, Thomas Galligan and you know, like massive losses in All-Star as well from a couple of years ago. They've got, you know, Paddy Lynch up front, like right through the middle of the team. Very well coached. Yeah, I could see Cavan. You know, Cavan are going to have a say in that Ulster Championship if everybody else decides to take a bye ball on it. They'll certainly will go and want to try and win it, <laughs> you know. So and you're saying uh, if everybody else gives up, they have a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. So um, yeah, look, I, yeah, I think it was it was a tough night. The it lashed rain. Uh, sure, mo- all the games, certainly in Dublin anyway, got pulled across the whole weekend. It didn't stop raining for two days solid. So that would have made conditions extremely tough. I was expecting a lot more goals. We did see a lot. We we we, we did see a lot, quite a lot of goal mode action. Again, goalkeepers to the fore. For Sean McNally teams. was amazing. It was for unbelievable. Manor. Like, and he's a young lad as well, you know, and. Only still learning his trade. So um, I don't think it was as bad given the conditions as some people made out. And but I think having more good value for their win. And I think they're in a good shape now heading into Ulster. Yeah. They're they're we know like this is the problem, I suppose, with say the Leicester Championship and maybe Munster. You look at the kind of the tier two teams of them and you say, Oh geez, yeah, they're they're also runs. Like Kevin and Fermanagh are, you know, two division three teams this year who are in the Ulster Championship, and you look at that game and say, you know, they could be, they, they're a mat- not a match for anybody, but they're certainly, even for Mana, are a handful for any team and, like, have yeah. a lot to, a lot a lot of good to say about them. Yeah, and I think it's a fair point, Mike, that you, you kind of, when you compare it to the Leinster Championship, well, certainly both these teams will be very competitive in the Ulster Championship, including for Mana, like, going five in a bounce, and they probably didn't, utilize the possession they had in the first half i thought when when cabin were kind of a, a little bit off it and and uh i thought having just changed their approach at half time that went man to man they pushed really high up on on fermana they squeezed them in the middle of the tour they put off any supply that they had as roy said darren mcabeaty kieran brady Paris Faulkner. i thought they were brilliant in the, in the middle third and they have a bit of quality up front with the likes of Shane Brady and Paddy Lynch and then even Gareth McKeown got a great score even though it wasn't his one was more prominent games but I think what impressed me most about Cavan was they never um, you know after 60 minutes there was one point in it uh, and then there were a couple of points coming into up coming into the 70th minute they never sat back 
They never sat back and held out for the win and tried to and, and invite Fermanagh on them. They kept pushing and they kept pushing and they kept pushing high. And, and that's why I think they won the game with five, six points. So they're they're well, very well organized. And you know, like that game against Armagh, it's it's a very interesting one, you know what I mean? Because I think from you kind of forget from a cabin perspective is that the Ulster Championship is probably more important to them because they want to try and qualify uh, for, for the All-Ireland. So, you know, they're going to be certainly going uh, hammering tongs at that. So, But Fermanagh will be extremely competitive uh, when in, in the Ulster Championship as well. They've had, a, they've had a brilliant league and they can take a hell of a lot from their league campaign. They've, they've, it's they've, a risky game for Derry, that match. It's, yeah, a, it's a risky enough match for Derry now. You'd still fancy Derry to get... Derry, yeah. yeah. It's a you little would. bit like it's a little bit like Claire drawing Kerry in Munster kind of a lot, you know, for Manny getting Derry. It's just unfortunate. It's like mm. if they had got <clears throat> excuse me, if they'd got a maybe Tony Gall. Tony Gall or Armagh <laughs> or someone like that, you go, that'd be an interesting match. No, they'll, they'll give Derry plenty of it, but like you kinda feel they'll probably get through. I wouldn't, by the way, I wouldn't entirely rule out Antrim giving Armagh a fright next weekend, by the way. Yeah. They're playing Saturday evening, and Antrim have shown they hadn't won a lot of games, but when like they've they've shown a bit of bit of gumption, a bit of resilience here and there in matches when they needed to pull stuff out. So I'd I'd say they'll they'll give them a fair all run before Armagh have to deal with Cavan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so look, it was it, it was an instructive game, I think, um, and played out in awful conditions, mm. as was the Division Four final, as I said. Which, if Matt Aaron had lied to me and told me that it was going to be sunny for two hours, I would have brought three small children to, and they would have drowned because probably, you know it was probably the best game of the weekend. In a lot it, of was, it was, it was, it was, very entertaining. It was, it was, it, it had a lot to, uh, it had a lot about it. All right, um, Wicklow came out of the traps very quickly, and then Sligo just kind of, kind of reeled them in. Wheelow and Sligo, you know, we've been saying it here for a few weeks. It's obvious they're three years down the line, Tony McEntee, like they're, they've kind of, the team has developed and you can see it. And I, you know, and say it again and again, Sean Carabine's a hell of a footballer. Pat Spillane put on the show for his dad. He got a lovely point. And Niall Murphy scored, you know, one four. So like they, yeah. they have a decent forward line in particular. They do, they're like further down the development probably than Wicklow. And I suppose the turning point, Wicklow 7-2 up. Like in and, mm. and, a, and a man up, and they conceded one one then in that period. And I the goal, Wheelow, did he throw yeah. that? Is that a throw? I mean, no, the Murphy goal. Yeah, nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, Rory, you, you know, you, you know. That, yeah, that, um, it's just, yeah, it's just. I, I know, I know. It, you know, I hate those goals, Rory, with a passion. I know, I, I know, I, and and technically, I can argue that it's a troll, but I, but I think that was the key turning point and. I think so. Then Sligo to break to a quarter. Then I think they pushed on. They won four, one four. I think without without response. Yeah. And like they they just had better forwards in in Carabine and Murphy and Spillane. and like they're going to fancy themselves for they like they 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 they're certainly looking at Connacht final. Like you know what I mean, no doubt about it. And the, the, like this could turn out to be they could be the not the underdog of the year, but you know they be, could be a story of the year because they're going to get to a fair chance. Like obviously Eitrim uh, and obviously New York oh. and London will have their own say, but you know whoever comes through that side of the draw, you know is going to be the big underdogs going in in with the big dogs, and um, so it's uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, where do you stand on this one, Mick? Because Sligo could be the big story of the year by going into you know a three-team group in Sam Maguire and performing admirably, or they could 
win the Charlton Cup if Cavan win Ulster because Cavan obviously the team everyone's looking at as the Charlton Cup favourites as they were last year but like it's not that any team's going to throw a match or anything but like you know if there's a fork in the road here for a couple of counties kind of on the bubble like do you want the Talton Cup and to build a team I'd say if you asked Oshie McConville obviously the Sam Maguire is not realistic aim for him but like he might be thinking this is a team I don't know very well they're young they're building Talton Cup's better you know if we were for by some freak to have a end up in an Leinster semi-final and a chance of making an Leinster final and then Sam Maguire would that be good for us? This is Wicklow now you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, I'm just using them hypothetically because they're the yeah, other team I, in this match. Yeah, Very hypothetically. Enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, right. I think, again, I think sometimes when we're when you're on the outside, sometimes you overthink these things a little bit. I think we're all guilty of it. I think when you're in there, you just no. want to win games. <laughs> you just want to win games. I suppose, that's, I suppose overthinking is what makes podcasts, really. If you didn't overthink things, you'd have nothing to talk about. I think sometimes you <laughs> or just... Or would we? I don't know. You just, I think sometimes... You just got to go and win your games and see where it takes you. I mean, you know, losing, um, you know, losing matches doesn't do anybody any good at any stage of a season. So I, 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 I think they'll just figure it out. I, I don't think there'll be any great grandmaster plan. I'd say they'll just go and look at, of course, at the back of a manager's mind, you're probably thinking, well, if we were, you know, we'd obviously have a better chance of winning the Talchin Cup. Like if we were in there rather than, as you say, going into a Leinster final, let's say. And getting hockeyed by Dublin and then going into a group and getting hockeyed again three times. But then again, like imagine the buzz. Let's just say if it was Wicklow, imagine the buzz around Wicklow if you're in a in a fourteen group with I don't, with whoever, like I don't know, Kerry, say Kerry or coming to Ockram or whatever it would be. Like there's a lot to be said for that too. Um, so I, I I don't know. It's 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 a hard one, and it's it's so different for every specific every specific county you know it's mm-hmm. it depends where you are like Sligo like that no Sligo will be gunning for a conic final you know I mean it's, they've been competitive at times down the years at, at that end at that end of things so they won't they won't be holding back anyway and that that, that level of a team whereas say Wicklow mightn't have that issue to deal with because they're not mm. they're not at that stage of their development yet you know yeah um so it was a good game so look forward to um Wickler out next week at the weekend, as are many, many teams. So here we, this this is the bit we'll drag out now in a few months, lads, after seeing all of the league. Wheelow, who's going to win the All-Ireland? Oh. Uh, wasn't ready for that one, Mikey. Um, yeah, they're the best ones. Ah, and they're I, the best ones. Uh, no, think, thinking about this one, and, and, and I suppose my heart still thinks Dublin have the capability for one more push if they get everyone on the field. Um. I think if they get McCaffrey back and Howard back fit and Mannion back and they keep everyone and stay injury free, I think Dublin there's one more one more potential push in them to be there thereabouts. But um, my head says you know an up and coming team is going to maybe um stand up and, and and maybe get over the line, um that could be Mayo, but I I still think Galway for me or our team that have a, a, a chance to go that step further and. That's forgetting about Kerry in the long grass, but so I put my head in a pair of it and say, go in and get over the line. I think that's a Dublin era there, Mickey. So he said lots of good things about Dublin, <laughs> and then said, "Go, oh, we're going to win the Ireland." Well, when you hear when you hear when you hear anyone anyone from Dublin saying Kerry are in the long grass, you know where you're going with that. <laughs> They're too right. tall to be in the long grass. Mick, is this such an open All Ireland that Kerry are your default? No, uh, I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. You'd have to tune mm. in on Sunday to find out. <laughs> I know. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, genuinely, uh, even coming out of yesterday, 
I mean, league finals, as I said, I'm a, I'm a league final skeptic. They mean nothing. So, like, you can take bits and pieces from them, but they're not really telling you anything that you didn't already know most of the time. Um, so, I, I, I genuinely don't know. I mean, it's for me, the top four are Dublin, Kerry, Galway, Mayo, and uh, you can, you can, you can pick the teeth out of that, or pick the bones out of that. Like, I mean, it's if, if I was, if give I give me a name, Foley. He's frozen. He's frozen. So much pressure. That that was ideal opportunity. He didn't have to to switch off his Wi-Fi. He he did. He just pulled the plug on his router. (laughs) My God. We'll wait for Mick to come back. Rory, who's going to win the other island? Yeah, like I don't know. Same as Mick. I genuinely don't know. I think that's the honest answer. And yeah, the four teams, which I think is quite instructive, actually, to a certain extent. There's a lot of talking up of Ulster this and Ulster that. Yet when we break down the top four teams isn't an Ulster team in sight and um, Kerry Galway Dublin Mayo it'll be one of them but I would nearly go to my default setting in a wide open championship and say that given the path that Kerry will find themselves in I wouldn't be surprised to see them back in another All-Ireland final and I wouldn't be surprised to see Dublin in there with them but I genuinely do not know Okay, I'm going to say Mayo. I've switched from Galway. Galway were my uh, my my team last year, and they nearly delivered. Nearly made me look like a believe, genius. I can't believe Mick Foley has just opted out. You know, talking, know. sitting on the fence there now. I didn't know. Yeah, well, he was accusing you. He was accusing. Oh yeah, he was accusing me. Okay, so for everybody listening and watching, Mick Foley is a coward. He hasn't rejoined the meeting. I'd let him back in if he rejoined. I'd give him a chance. He's going to tell us his Wi-Fi is down. His internet's gone. <laughs> he lives in rural Cork. It's not his fault, but we all know he's nothing but a coward. <laughs> he's not really. He's a lovely man, Mick. And we'll we'll make him we'll make him send us a postcard with his prediction on it and we'll get it off him. Um so thank you, Wheelow. Thank you, Rory, and even thank you to Mick, who's fled. Uh we'll be back Thursday <laughs> to look ahead to the football championship and to the division one league final, which means nothing, as Mick Foley just said. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he's gone now. He doesn't count. Okay, we'll be back on Thursday. We'll chat to you then. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it, he hits it, it's over the bar! 